Welcome to our Catechism class. It's a weekly look at the Heidelberg Catechism to help you learn Christian doctrine with a warm and practical application. Each lesson has its own study guide, and the web link to find that guide can be found in the episode notes. Okay, let's start the lesson. So today we're looking at Lord's Day 28, where the Catechist asks us, How does the Lord's Supper signify and seal to you that you share in Christ's one sacrifice on the cross and in all his gifts? The answer states in this way, Christ has commanded me and all believers to eat of this broken bread and drink of this cup in remembrance of him. With this command, he gave these promises. First, as surely as I see with my eyes the bread of the Lord broken for me and the cup given to me, so surely was his body offered for me and his blood poured out for me on the cross. Second, as surely as I receive from the hand of the minister and taste with my mouth the bread and the cup of the Lord as sure signs of Christ's body and blood, so surely does he himself nourish and refresh my soul to everlasting life with his crucified body and shed blood. Well, we've moved on from the subject of baptism. And we're looking at the second of the two ordinances or sacraments that Christ instituted in his church, the Lord's Supper, also often known as Holy Communion. And we've already learned that the sacraments are given as signs to supplement the preaching of the gospel as visual aids to point us to Christ and help us to understand the good news. And our initial question regarding communion is, How exactly does it do that? I'm Bob McAvoy, and this is the Semper Reformata Podcast. Christians and churches have differences on this subject, just as we have on baptism. But generally, those differences are a lot less contentious. Evangelicals may differ on the frequency of communion, with Baptists and Christian brethren and Pentecostals tending to have communion weekly. Anglicans, too, have a more frequent observance, but they tend to have a different, more sacramentalist viewpoint on the meaning of the Lord's Supper. Some of our Reformed churches have infrequent communions, sometimes just twice a year. Most will do so once a month. There are differences over whether we should have just one single cup or little individual cups. Do we wait for one another to eat and drink together? Or do we just eat and drink when we are handed the elements? Do we come to the front of the church to receive the elements, or do we serve them to the communicants in the pews? But like all of these are minor differences, we are more concerned with more important issues. And this class, we're going to look at what we do 
as we participate in the communion service, our actions, our involvement. So let's read from 1 Corinthians 11, pause the CD, or pause your podcast app, and get your Bible, and open it at 1 Corinthians 11. And when you find the chapter in verse 23, start the recorded lesson again. Okay, so I see you're back. Let's read together. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three to 25 For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take it. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So in this passage we see the command given by Jesus to his disciples at the institution of the Lord's Supper. It was the week of the Passover feast, and as evening fell that particular day, just before the betrayal of Christ, Jesus and his disciples gathered in a borrowed room to eat together. Jesus did something different and somewhat unusual. As the meal progressed, he gave bread and wine to the disciples, and he told them to take it and to eat it. They received both the bread and the wine. They took it. Here's Matthew's account of this event in Matthew 26 and verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So the first act of participation in the Lord's Supper is to see, led before us the bread and the wine. Now, you might think I'm overstating the obvious here, but the Catechist doesn't think so. Remember that in our answer to his question about how the Lord's Supper signifies to us that we have a part in Christ's death, our instructor tells us, As surely as I see with my eyes the bread of the Lord broken for me, and the cup given to me, so surely was his body offered for me, and his blood poured out for me on the cross. So what do we see when we're at a communion service? Well, in most churches, the bread and wine are covered over with a cloth of some description. And when that cloth is removed, we see broken bread. It can be already broken, already cut up into little pieces for convenience, or it might be a bread roll which the minister will actually break as he says the words of institution. You may be able to lift it from the plate, or you may have to tear a piece off it yourself, and you take it into your hands. You may come up to the front to receive it, 
or you may have it served to you by a church leader or a server. You will see the wine, a blood-coloured liquid, whether in a single cup or in those little glass cups. And let me say here right away that I'm not terribly fond of those modern pre-prepared individual plastic communion sets where the bread is a biscuit or a wafer tucked away inside the lid where you can't see it and the wine is obscured by the translucent plastic cup. Seeing and taking the bread and wine is important. The Catechist teaches us it is a visual aid. I can see on the table and in my hand the broken bread and the wine poured out and we do as Christ commanded his disciples to do we remember him the bread speaking of the body of the Lord Jesus reminding me that his body was cruelly wounded and broken for me at the hands of the Roman soldiers as he was scourged and whipped and bruised and bloody and was made to carry his cross until he collapsed with exhaustion, and then nailed to that cross to die, writhing in agony and pain. And we see the wine, and we think, and we remember Christ's blood poured out for me, for the remission of our sins. Here's Isaiah, chapter 53. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So we take the bread and wine, and we look at it, and we see it, and right away we are reminded of the death of the Lord Jesus, who gave his life for you and me. Here's the words of that famous hymn. See from his head, his hands, his feet, Sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, Or thorns compose so rich a crime? The second command of Jesus as he instituted the Lord's Supper was to eat. Not only are we to take and see the elements, but we eat them. Well, again, I'm stating the obvious, am I? We lift the bread and we lift the wine. We do it with our hands. 
and we put the elements in our mouth and we swallow them. They are inside us. Here's Mark's account of the institution during the Last Supper in Mark 14, verse 22 to 24. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. There's great significance in this act of eating and drinking the bread and wine. Our instructor writes, As surely as I receive from the hand of the minister, and taste with my mouth the bread and the cup of the Lord, as sure signs of Christ's body and blood, so surely does he himself nourish and refresh my soul to everlasting life with his crucified body and shed blood. You know, what we eat and drink ought to do us good. It should do. Let's hope that we eat and drink sensibly. And we need to eat and drink in order to stay alive. Someone once said that bread is the staff of life. For us here in the West, it's more or less a luxury product. We have all sorts of bread. And here in Northern Ireland, we have our famous soda bread and fudge potato bread. Over in ancient Eastern societies, however, bread kept people alive. It was their staple diet. Now Jesus is to the soul what that staple diet was to the body. Jesus keeps our soul alive. John 6 and verse 35 And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now at the communion service, when we take and eat the bread and drink the wine, it reminds us that it is the Lord Jesus who gives us new spiritual life. We're born again, and it is through constant communion with him that we are sustained and refreshed in that spiritual life. In John 15, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. In First John 1 and verse 7, Jesus says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. We draw spiritual strength from Christ through abiding in him in the Scriptures, in prayer and fellowship, and as we are spiritually nourished at the Lord's table. And that strength is eternal strength, everlasting life with the Lord, obtained only through his atoning death on the cross. Well, now there's a couple more things that we should note before we leave this lesson. 
Did you notice that when answering the question, the Catechist says, As surely as I receive from the hand of the minister. Like many Reformed churches, we aver that the Lord's Supper is to be presided over by an ordained minister, not by all and sundry. Now, not all Christians, of course, will agree with this. Some denominations and local assemblies allow communion services to be taken by ruling elders or deacons or random church members. But Reformed churches usually see the ministry not as clergy as do Catholics and Lutherans and Anglicans, but as teaching elders, men who are called by God and set apart for the work of the ministry, the ministry of word and sacrament. At the very least, a communion service should be presided over by the man who has preached the sermon, either in the church service or in the communion itself, and the person presiding should be trained to know what communion is about and its underlying theology. Finally, just to note, the Catechist has reminded us of our personal participation in the Lord's Supper by stressing the commands of Jesus to his disciples to take and to eat. There's a tradition in the Roman Mass to serve the so-called laity, the, the communion in one part only. The priest will take the consecrated wafer, they call it the host, for reasons we shall discover in a future lesson. And he will serve that wafer to those who come forward to receive it. But only the priest or priests, the celebrants as they call them, will drink the wine. The wine is in a chalice. The people will neither see it nor will they drink it. Now, we have learned in our catechism and from the actual words of Jesus that he commanded his disciples to see, to take it, to eat it, and to drink, and so to believe. And so you see that the Catholic Church's insistence on withholding the wine from communicants is in direct contradiction to the command of Christ, reiterated by Paul in 1 Corinthians 11. And it's not their only error in communion, of course, as we shall see in a future lesson. So what have we learned? Well, here's a good summary. It's a statement from the Savoy Declaration of 1658, the confessional standard of Reformed Congregational Churches. Our Lord Jesus, in the night wherein he was betrayed, instituted the sacrament of his body and blood, called the Lord's Supper to be observed in his churches to the end of the world for the perpetual remembrance and showing forth of the sacrifice of himself in his death, the sealing of all benefits thereof unto true believers, their spiritual nourishment and growth in him, their further engagement in and to all duties which they owe unto him, and to be a bond and pledge of their communion with him and with each other. Well, that's all for now. But check into the class again next week and we'll look at a really difficult passage, the words of the Lord Jesus when he said in John 6 and 54 to 56, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. And we'll ask this question. What does it mean to eat the crucified body of Christ and drink his shed blood? Tell you what, make sure you don't miss the next lesson. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please help to make it better known by opening the podcast app on your phone or mobile device. Then, search for The Semper Reformata Podcast. Subscribe and give it a 5-star rating. See you next time.